Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. After three decades of excellence as head football coach and athletic director at the University of Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez is calling it a career. I describe Wisconsin as one of the best athletic programs in the country, one of the most consistent athletic programs in the country. ESPN Wisconsin celebrates all Barry Alvarez has meant and done for our great state. People in this state have been great to me. I love this place. It's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron Jock. Everybody likes to have an audience. Not maybe everybody. Doesn't I do? This is the coverage of Barry. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. The continuation of Barry Alvarez Week on ESPN Wisconsin. This personally, we've got some great programming throughout the week, but this personally is my favorite because I got to get four of my favorite human beings who helped make me the mediocre journalist I am today, all together in one room. For the coverage of Barry here on ESPN Wisconsin, I welcome in, I would like to say this is my dream roundtable, but Matt LaPay was off doing a Brewers game, so he wasn't able to join us. So, nevertheless, four luminaries who all have covered Barry Alvarez during their esteemed journalism careers, we welcome in Andy Baggett who covered the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal and now for UWBadgers.com. Dennis Chapman, who covered the Badgers for the Milwaukee Journal, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and now has a highfalutin title at the University of Wisconsin that he'll share later. Mike Lucas, who covered the Badgers for the Capital Times and now UWBadgers.com. And saving the best for last, and he required me to say that about him for all the times that we worked side-by-side during our many years together at the Wisconsin State Journal. Now, columnist emeritus, you can still read him in the Wisconsin State Journal. It is Tom Oates as part of our dream foursome here for the coverage of Barry. I want to start, you guys, from the beginning. And by that, I mean Oatesy, when you were early, early, early in your career, and the Badgers went to the Rose Bowl. You covered that, right, in 1960? No. I actually have a, I have a different perspective on Barry than these other three guys because I was covering the Packers in the 90s. And Barry and I got to know each other because we would uh, occasionally bump into each other socially, if you get, <laughs> if you get my drift. And uh, we would have some very interesting conversations, but I wasn't covering them, and it would he would let his hair down and complain about this writer or that writer or complain about this, that. And, and we just had some really, what I, what I thought were very interesting conversations over, over the first, you know, seven, eight years of his, of his tenure. So it was, that, that was, and then I, I later switched over and started covering the Badgers uh, over the last uh, six or seven years of his, of his coaching career. So, Otsi, does that mean you weren't at the press conference that we see before Badger games where we see the clip where Barry says, you better get your season tickets now before you can't get them? I was probably in Green Bay that day, I would guess. I don't, I can't remember what day it was or whatever. Uh, these other guys were probably all there. I was not there because, um, as I said, my, my primary job at that point was to cover, uh, was covering the Packers. So, Dennis, you were at that press conference. I was. 
we see the clip when they play U2 and the players are coming out of the tunnel now. But for those of us that I was a, I was a freshman then, or I was about to be a freshman then, what do you remember most vividly of that press conference? Because for him to come into a program that was what he was coming into, I have to wonder what you were thinking when he said what he did. Well, yeah, it was it was difficult to believe, but the boldness of it, I thought, was the most remarkable thing. And his confidence in what he could do. Now, granted, he's a football coach, and that's the way football coaches are, but he came in at a time when everything had gone to rack and ruin. Uh, there's wreckage all over the runway. And he came in, and he looked like hell that day. He really did, because the night before, they had beaten undefeated Colorado in the Orange Bowl. So he he left his Notre Dame team, jumped on a plane, came to Wisconsin, and he was dead tired. I mean, the last time I talked to him, he was telling me about how exhausted he was. And on his way up here, he's trying to uh, recruit coaches to come along with him. I do remember at that press conference, Dan McCarney being there, uh, his his defensive coordinator, and uh, Bernie Wyatt. And uh, he announced uh, both of their, their hirings. And uh, Bernie had yet to tell his wife that he has taken the job <laughs> and moving from Iowa City to, to Madison. So it was, it was thrown together pretty quickly, and Barry uh, looked a little rough. Lukey, when I heard Barry talking about that when he announced his retirement and they were celebrating him, he said that he kind of just winged the speech because he was so exhausted. What do you remember from that, and how bold of a statement was it that he made? Well, I compare it to Phil King's introductory press conference (laughs) and was far more upbeat, and you'll have to Google Phil King, if you will. Uh, But I found him to be refreshing because if you attended Don Morton's initial press conference, you found anything, anybody with a pulse to be refreshing. Because I can still vividly remember Morton when he was asked about throwing the football. He said, oh, yeah, we'll throw the football, but it'll be backwards with the Veer offense. So everyone kind of washed that out of their mouth, and they welcomed someone who was bold enough to say what was on his mind and who had really coached football in successful programs. So I walked out of there thinking, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Moreover, hearing the story about how he told Richter that it was so very important if you're going to hire me, hire me right after the bowl game so you get the maximum exposure to the hire. That's why he was so doggone tired. He was preparing for that bowl game, uh, but he felt it would be good for his program to get the word out right away that he was a new head coach at Wisconsin. So so a little bit weary, sure, but it, it was more important that people realized that this is going to change, that he was here to turn over the culture. Bags, what was the first impression that he made on you, whether it was from that press conference or in a conversation you had with him subsequently? Well, I was not at the press conference. Um, my first thought was it sounded a little bit like Don Morton's conference press conference, just the reference that there, there's a road to Pasadena somewhere that uh, Mort talked about. But Barry was a different guy. I mean, you, you hear a lot about... Yeah, you could trust what he said based on record alone. Well, we didn't know that at that point. We we could just we could just. Go well, he knew where he came from, Iowa, which was a sex, successful program. He didn't come from Tulsa. Well, he's a guy who had a presence, and that's where it came down to. Absolutely, he wanted this job based on his knowledge of Wisconsin and what he felt could be accomplished here if you went about it the right way. And you got the high school coaches, believe it or not, on your side. And if you sold them something. A plan. If you came into this program with a plan, he was convinced he could win. I want to get to how he went about building that and the line about building a wall around the state. 
But Chappie, were you sold by him, or was he just another guy trying to convince a fan base, a school, that things were going to be different because of him? Was there a believability there? Because we now, when we see that clip and we know what Wisconsin became, it's easy to say, oh, look how bold he was. Boy, and he was right. But as in real time as you're sitting there, part of you has to be thinking, yeah, right, do you know where you work now? There was a part of that. And the Morton years were just devastating on every level. And, you know, I watched Don Morton go into a a closed meeting of an athletic board committee and walk out. And this was the meeting where they decided that he was that he had to go. He walked out and he was wearing a trench coat, a khaki colored trench coat. And it turns out that once he left, went through the media gaggle to the elevator, he had to come back up because he had one of the athletic direct or one of the athletic board members coats on and he had to get his coat out of the room again and knock on the door and they came and he was looking all bedraggled and when you saw Alvarez that day and when you know all of us had a chance to do some work up on him some research on uh, Alvarez's background you know i i think you had to be thrilled for the fact that they made a quality hire and a guy who knew what he was doing pedigree National Championship, Notre Dame, Rose Bowls at Iowa, Nebraska background, hard to beat. It, it's, it'd be curious to know, with a little revisionist history, what would have happened had Don Nealon, who was the other candidate at that point in time, had he said, yeah, I'd really like to come and check out your campus, because he was, that was the plan originally. And yeah, but he, he kind of turned off Richter because of his lack of energy when well, he talked. Well, he got, they got their butt kicked in the bowl game, and, he, and Richter called him and said, well, Let's set up this visit. You're going to come in. We're going to check out the campus. And, and Neelan said, well, wait a minute. I, I, I think I need a couple of days to just kind of re get my act together again and feel good about myself. And, and Richter was like, he, he sensed a reluctance there that, it, that basically told him to go well, and hire the other guy. And that was Barry. What, what about if Elroy Hirsch got his wish and hired Dennis Erickson instead of Otto Breitenbach pushing Don Morton? Where would we be today? Well, we certainly, well, maybe we would be where we are today. But we also know where this football program and this athletic department was at the time. We'll talk more about where Wisconsin was and where it went to under Barry Alvarez's leadership as Barry Week continues the coverage of Barry on ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to the coverage of Barry Alvarez, part of ESPN Wisconsin's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron Jock. Iron Jock would like to thank Barry Alvarez for his storied career at the University of Wisconsin. Thank you, Barry. From Iron Jock Nation, go to ironjock.com and receive 20% off orders over $50 when you use the code IRONJOCK20. Thanks for the memories, Coach. People in this state have been great to me. I love this place. Celebrating more than 30 years of excellence, this is Barry Week on ESPN Wisconsin, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron Jock. Now, back to the coverage of Barry. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. The coverage of Barry continues as we welcome you back into Barry Week on ESPN Wisconsin with Andy Baggett, Tom Oates, Dennis Chapman and Mike Lucas. I'm Jason Wilde. As we talk about how Barry Alvarez was covered, both as a coach and we'll get to his time as an athletic director. Otsi, I want to start with you again, even though you were covering the Packers during that era, which you made abundantly clear. You 
obviously have plenty of history with the University of Wisconsin having gone to school here, everything else. Do people understand today how bad things were then? Like, there are so many young people that have no idea not only how bad football was, but how bad everything was other than the band and hockey. And it gets worse every year because everybody ages a year, and there's a whole new group of people that enter adulthood who have no idea of where this was. I mean, basically the the athletic department was bankrupt. They, They were not winning anything. Basketball had made some slight strides, but football, the Morton years were back to the... John Cody years in terms of just being un- barely able to win a football game and Don Morton's last game at, at Camp Randall, you know, it snowed they were out of it, they announced 28,000 people there and there was probably 5,000 people there and it was one of the most dismal scenes I've ever seen in Wisconsin athletics I mean it was just, it was really bad and uh, Barry walked into that and we all know in major college athletics that football drives the bus. If you don't have a successful football program that brings in money, you have no chance in most in almost everything else. And uh, there might there's a few exceptions to that rule, Gonzaga and basketball or something like that. But by and large, football, you have to be successful. That's what made Barry the key to the whole thing, in my estimation. None of this happens if it wasn't for Donna Shalala. I mean, let's go right to the starting point. If she doesn't clean house with Sponberg and Morton, if she doesn't hire Richter to get this house in order, none of this is possible. Yeah, she's the unsung hero, I think. Uh, She's the one who decided that a major culture change was necessary. Athletics and academics on this campus historically have a struggle drawing, drawing the line as to importance. And she walked in, and I thought... Through the 80s and 70s, I thought academics was win- won that battle. And uh, she walked in, and her favorite line that she used all the time was, was what, you know, athletics is the front porch of the university. And w- the, the other one was, look, Michigan is outstanding and academically, and it's outstanding athletically. The two are not mutually exclusive. And I think there was a thought on this campus that those two were mutually exclusive. And to a certain extent, there still are two schools of thought on the university campus in terms of faculty relations with the athletic department. One is that, you know, as a faculty member, I want to sit in my lab and look at a test tube and, you know, peer the meaning of the universe. And uh, the other is we've got to bring athletics into the mainstream of the university community. And I think Barry played a huge role in that. And this goes this goes back to... Um, going out and, and selling more season tickets than anybody. He immediately put his staff to work, calling people at the university, like the deans and directors and the people who really made policy at the university. And um, I talked to John Wiley. Uh, he was my first boss at the university. And he eventually came around to the idea that we do have to integrate because our interests are so much aligned. And, um, but it, he was not there yet when Howard Cosgrove, uh, called him, uh, one of Alvarez's assistants called him and said, hey, let's go to lunch. And at the time, John Wiley was dean of the graduate school. And he said, I'm not going to lunch with you. Why would I go to lunch with you? I have, n- I have nothing to, we have nothing in common. And, but Cosgrove was desperate. And he said, but, but, but Coach Alvarez says, I have to have lunch with you. Will you please have lunch with you? He was, he was begging, pleading with him to have lunch with him. So Wiley said, all right, I'll have lunch with you under one condition. He said, I'm not going to talk about football at all. That's off the table. And they developed a really nice relationship, as it turned out. 
And Wiley went on to become chancellor of the university, and he became more of a disciple of the idea of integrating and you know sharing uh, a common bond with athletics. So let's talk about the football part, though, Bags. As much as I love you guys, I am now experiencing on the Packers beat all the old guy jokes that I used to make toward you guys, and it's great to get paid back because I deserve it. But I was a freshman in 1990. I was in the student section for those games. They won one game, and most of the game was spent with either profanity being shouted between the two O and P or plastic cups being thrown at each other throughout. I remember watching because I was a freshman who didn't have much of a social life, so after the games I would come home to my dorm room and then WHA, public television, would show a replay of these games that the Badgers the were getting too. That was the whipped best, by. wasn't it? And, and I so wanted to be a sports writer when I grew up that I'm watching these games where Wisconsin is losing again, and they're showing the student section, and the, the sky is full of cups because nobody's watching the game. I also vowed that I would not spend another football season in the student section because I was there to watch the games. Bags, when you look back on the 1990 season, they win one game. Barry Alvarez has made these pronouncements about how things are going to change. How do you view that first season that he had and the lack of success the team had? Well, I think he cautioned people to not expect something real quickly, and I think that that was obviously prudent. I think one of the the behind-the-scenes elements that I think uh, has come out here of late is that he, after meeting with his players and with his coaches, he'd go into his office and curl up on the couch in a fetal position because he felt genuine pain from the losses, genuine pain from the headlines, genuine pain from the negativity, but he also had a plan, and he was executing that plan, and it was going to take some time to get the, the recruits in place, to get his coaches in place. He made coaching changes after his first year that he thought were important. He didn't think some of the coaches could keep up with what was going on, and the changes that he made turned out to be pretty huge. I look back at 1990, and, and I marvel at how quickly it got turned around because in four years, the first three of which were losing seasons, he's got this team winning a championship and a Rose Bowl. And it was that, that first recruiting class that was just outstanding, and it was uh, you know so heavily weighted toward Wisconsin athletes that you knew there was potential. I mean, there was, there was potential. It was not uh, the, the Don Morton recruits, that this ragtag band of kids who'd come in and, and couldn't play the game. He recruited at a, maybe a mid, mid-major level if he was lucky. And Alvarez was, was scoring some real recruits. Just as an aside to that, if he inherited 100 players, 50 of them left within the first year of his, uh, of his coaching tenure here. He, I mean, basically he laid down the law and said, this is how we're going to run the program, and if you don't like it, say goodbye now and save us all the trouble. And he literally, half the players were just gone. And yeah, he instilled his discipline from the very beginning with the players, how they even sat at team meetings. But if you're wondering who got him through that first season, it was Cindy Alvarez who got him through. She would not let him pout at home. She would not let him feel sorry for himself at home. And he will be the first to tell you that she was the driving force, along with the fact that he saw some promise. He did sell Blue Sky to his recruits then. That was his favorite. I'm selling Blue Sky. But he saw the personnel that he had on campus at the time were getting better because they were fighting. 
they played Michigan State at the end of the year, a team that was three times, four times as good as the Badgers. They battled right until the end, until a drop pass in the end zone cost them a victory. So I think that carried them through the tough points, all the setbacks. Um, and and that's, what, that's all he needed, just a sign that he could get it turned around. There were we'll talk about that. 1993 Rose Bowl season coming up next. Lukey, I do have my copy of Don't Flinch, and it's more valuable because it's signed by Barry Alvarez, but not by you. Um, when we look what back... What the hell was that? <laughs> my goodness. You were sitting right next to each other, and that comes out of your face? Wow. What I, I reference the build the wall around the the state in terms of recruiting... How vital was it that they did that because you look, I do a show with Tausch every day who was a walk-on. How vital was that? Because they had not done a great job before he came along of recruiting the state. I mean, he he was recruiting a couple of kids out of Wisconsin while he was still at Notre Dame, and they wound up going to the Irish to kind of underline his dilemma, his conundrum coming into this program. But that was a priority. It has to be a priority. And we go back to what Otsi brought up. When he was at Iowa, he saw that, uh, certain things that could be done here to be successful. In fact, the first job where he was really successful, and he, and he still talks about that too, the state championship he won at Mason City. He went into a dormant program, that horrible Wobegan program, um, but he assessed what that program could do, and he said, I can be big and strong on the line of scrimmage, and I can take on the speed at Waterloo I teams. Well, then that's the same thing here at Wisconsin. What what does Wisconsin offer as far as high school prospects? Big, strong dudes on the line of scrimmage. So he aimed his recruiting in that uh, that area, and uh, that was his plan. Take advantage of your strengths, which he always did, ultimately did. And in his fourth season, the Badgers ended up in Pasadena, but first they detoured to Tokyo. We will talk about that magical season as the coverage of Barry continues on Barry Week on ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to the coverage of Barry Alvarez, part of ESPN Wisconsin's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron G- This is ESPN Wisconsin's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron Jock. Find more great content celebrating the legendary career of Barry Alvarez. Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast free on Wisconsin On Demand. Now, back to the coverage of Barry. Here's your host, Jason Wildey. The coverage of Barry, our roundtable with Mike Lucas. Matt LaPay is somewhere in Cincinnati right now as we're recording this, and he's missing out, trust me. With Tom Oates, Andy Baggett, and with Dennis Chapman here on ESPN Wisconsin. All right, so we talk about the struggles. They come close to being in a bowl game in 1992, right? Jason Uh, Burns fumble at Northwestern. I was going to leave that out because Jason and I lived on the same dorm floor. He's a good guy, but he fumbled. That's part of the game, Jason. He did indeed. Just because they're named Jason and Jason, right? One of us was really athletic, too, too, right? You know, Um, in retrospect, it made the Rose Bowl that much great. That's exact. Otzi, it's like you read my mind like, all the times I gave you column ideas. That is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, right? Because yeah. if they go to some mid-level bowl, that's great, and it's still special. I don't know if – I think the Garden State Bowl was gone by then. But how how remarkable – We're headed to the Independence Bowl, I think. Is that what it would yeah. have been? It, how, how special does 93 become? Because it, it really is from – the ashes of a football program 
to the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, it was a phenomenal story, phenomenal season, uh, everything about it. Um, this program just came of age all at once, and it's been good ever since. But but from where it had been, uh, you know, you just don't see that that kind of story uh, anymore. And you certainly in football, you know, in basketball, maybe you could that could happen one year or two years into a coach's tenure. But he had to get that first couple recruiting classes through to adulthood where where they could as Luke talked about physically stand up to the the people in the Big Ten and all of a sudden they just started winning games and uh, I don't think they were killing people or anything like that they were but they were winning games and they looked and they were a viable program and then at the end you know with the Tokyo game and the Rose Bowl it, it just took off. Chappie before they get to Tokyo did you know some? At what point did you start to think something special was building? I don't remember when Joe Panos had his line Indiana, about, after the Indiana about win. why not us. But when did you, as you were covering the team, get a feel that something special was really brewing? You know, I I think it was I think it was after they lost to Minnesota, because they came back after that game and uh, uh, they prepared hard, they played hard. Uh, they uh, they continued to show all of the ethics that Alvarez taught them, and you could tell that they had they had absorbed the system and the culture around that program. And uh, I I had a I had a tremendous feeling that they could go in there and uh, and beat Michigan State at Tokyo. I think we'd all agree the two most emotional games that we've experienced at Camp Randall Stadium occurred during that season it was Michigan. Right. what happened on the field and what happened after the game in that crowd surge. And it was Ohio State where it was the first big-on-big big game. And even though neither team won, uh, it came down to a block kick. Wisconsin, I thought, proved to the college football world that it could play with the best. Thanks. I think when Lukey mentions the Michigan game, and for those that, again, are too young to have the institutional knowledge about that, that's a huge, huge game in that storyline of that season. And then you hear Jack Rain's voice, the public address announcer, we have pulseless non-breathers. And it's headlines throughout the country that this great moment has now turned, potentially, it turns out to not be as tragic as it could have been. And Mike Brin is the ABC News person of the yeah, week. Yeah, with Peter Jennings, sharing the right? stage with Peter Jennings. Bags, do you, what do you remember from that game and from that, like, window of time where in the middle of this special season their real life kind of intercedes that was a that was a potential crumbling moment for this program i mean if if all it all it would have taken is one person to pass away from that experience and and it's viewed in an entirely different context and and i think what i thought was really an a huge part of it was the fact that the players, there were players coming back out of the locker room to assist the the, the students that were injured, the students that were crying, the students that were, bre- that were not breathing, the students that were bleeding and they became part of a, of a rescue operation that that was unprecedented and, and again so much of this is unfolding, it was such a uh, the outcome was such a big uh, victory for the Badgers and then immediately uh, a harsh uh, moment comes to life. It was and Alvarez's best coaching job between the end of that game and the next game, what he did to rally everybody. So, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but 
didn't Alvarez schedule that Tokyo game as so the that guys was going to be a reward have... for the team because right. they weren't going to bowl games, so they were looking for a way to make a few bucks and get them a little add some spice to a, an otherwise drab schedule. If you're not playing in big bowls, do something like that, a little bit out of the norm. So they win that game. They go to Pasadena. Yeah, you, I can still remember when the band came out. Um, there's like 70-some thousand Wisconsin fans. Camp Randall West. Was, yeah, right? and Barry walked around in the pregame and made that statement to each of his players. Come up and pat him on the back. Camp Randall West, look at all those people up there. Here for you. Here for you. And not a drop left of Miller Lite in all the greater Los Angeles area. How vital was it that they won the game? Like, this is a great story. They made it to the Rose Bowl. But the fact that Rob Lertzema delivers the sack at the end of the game, right, to seal the win and the iconic quarterback lost track of time. That helped too. But but the iconic Daryl Bevel touchdown run, like this, I'm sure they continue to build a great program. But how vital was it that that magical season ends with a magical result in the granddaddy of a month? Oatsy can probably address this, but I. I don't know that that was what really uh, was the linchpin. I mean, as much as winning in Tokyo, getting to the Rose Bowl was, that was so big. Because, I mean, look, they were favored to do it again the following year, and everything kind of fell apart because they couldn't handle success. But uh, they went out and recruited a tailback and found out that they could get right back on the path that they needed to be. So I don't know if if winning that game necessarily, because it wasn't like they beat a real quality opponent. I don't know. Let's see. What did you think? I still, I think, when you have a story like that, you need to cap it off right, and and they did, and it was UCLA, and um, back in 1993-4, UCLA was still a name in college football. Uh, uh, USC and UCLA used to be considered pretty much college football powerhouses year in and year out, and uh, it was against a name team. I don't know how good that UCLA team was, but they went out there and played their game and won and provided some magic moments, you know, the Daryl Bevel touchdown run. That I think he's across he's the running. goal. I yeah. think he's across yeah, he's the goal running. line by now. Uh, you know, has become an iconic moment in in Wisconsin sports history. And uh, could, could would they have continued on the path had they lost that game? Yeah, I think so. But right. it just made the story so perfect. It was just uh, to me, it's one it of the was great the punctuation mark. Yep. It, it's one of the great stories in college football over the last thirty or forty years. And it, that was the year that it that it happened, and that was the way it ended up, which was a thrilling victory in the in you know the biggest bowl game was always the Rose Bowl uh, on New Year's Day, and and you know think about the the sixty two sixty three Rose Bowl. I mean that that bowl in some ways put college football on the television map when Wisconsin lost to USC, you know after a, a big rally. So. There's a lot of eyes on that Rose Bowl game, and and I think Wisconsin proved the point there by winning that game. Well, and it was it was a way to eclipse the 1963 Rose Bowl game because that right. was the most storied uh, game in Wisconsin football history, and they lost. Yeah, yeah. Elrez always talked about it that way too. He said, "Look at the history of this program, most celebrated game ever, and they got beat." But right, UC- they, UCLA you, UCLA played into their hands though by totally disrespecting them at, at every uh, social event that there could have been. And Barry 
took every drop of that and squeezed it all over his players and said, "Look, they don't." No, they, not they, Barry. You're looking for a chip on his shoulder. He, he, I can't believe. I can. I can. You. You think they do not respect you? They do not think you're worthy of being here, and uh, it played a huge role in the outcome. And they turned out to be wrong about that. The Badgers win the Rose Bowl in 1993, and it leads to the 94 Rose Bowl and it leads to all the success that would follow both for the football program and the athletic department. So what is Barry Alvarez's legacy from the guys who covered his teams and his tenure as athletic director? We'll close out the coverage of Barry with that as Barry Week continues on ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to the coverage of Barry Alvarez, part of ESPN Wisconsin's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron John. Thanks for the memories, Coach. I wanted my guys to feel they had an advantage. Always have an advantage. Celebrating more than 30 years of excellence, this is ESPN Wisconsin's Barry Week, presented by the Wisconsin Alumni Association and Iron Jock. Now, back to the coverage of Barry. Here's your host, Jason Wildey. The coverage of Barry as Barry Alvarez week on ESPN Wisconsin continues. All right, so we've talked about the first impression. We've talked about the process of building up the program. We talked about that 93 Rose Bowl, 94 Rose Bowl, 93 team that goes and puts Wisconsin football truly on the map. And we've talked about how so many of a certain age have no idea how bad things had been before Barry Alvarez got here. Otsi, is that where we start with his legacy, that there are generations of Wisconsin alumni and fans who don't know anything but success? Yeah, they expect to win. They, it's like Ohio State, Michigan football, and uh, Indiana basketball, and, and you, know, you can go on down the line in the Big Ten, uh, but the people here expect to win. And in, in 1990... There was no expectation of that, and 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 they were they hoped they could win a few games, football, basketball, whatever. They hoped they could win a few games, maybe make a low bowl, maybe go to the NIT, or you know, and there was just no, there were no expectations around the program. And now there's unbelievable expectations around the program, and they earned that. There are students at Wisconsin right now who know nothing but bowl games, that were that have no clue how deep this hole was. And you could say the same thing about basketball, the, the, the trips to the NCAA tournament. That's the level of expectation that Wisconsin fans have right now. They, it's, it's almost gotten to the point where they think that, uh, you know, great, we're going to the Alamo Bowl. It, it, those, that, doesn't, that doesn't get their interest anymore. It's got to be a championship, and it's got to be something bigger than that for them to get interested in anything that's not there, they're going to question Chappie, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad Bag says that because um, Tracy Webster was the point guard for the Wisconsin basketball team, and he and I were contemporaries as students. And I remember I drove an old beat up Chevy SUV, but it had Final Four as the license plates. And to this day, whenever I see Tracy, he brings it up. He can't believe that I had the audacity to put that on a license plate because that was never the expectation for Wisconsin basketball, and that all even though it's a different sport, still traces back to what Barry Alvarez was able to do with football. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, think if, I think if I boiled it down, his legacy down to a couple of words, it would be confidence and competence. 
uh, he showed that he knew not only how to uh, build a football team, but how to integrate it with the rest of the university and how, how to make it excellent. And then as athletic director, I mean, we all stand on somebody's shoulders, right? Pat Richter deserves a lot of the credit for getting the program where it was through sports cuts, through uh, the financial difficulties they had. But Alvarez then took over and took it to a whole new level with his competence. And, and he became, I think, a widely respected sports administrator. I, in this climate, that's not an easy thing to do. And he's leaving something for Chris McIntosh to follow him. Uh, he can come in with no wreckage on, on the runway, save perhaps you know uh, a revenue shortfall from the COVID-19 shutdown. Right. Um, so he's left it in, in such wonderful shape. I mean, it's been scandal-free for the most part. I mean, there was the shoebox scandal back in 99 and 2000. Um, but since then, there has been no persistent, no long-lasting history of this being a cesspool and people, you know, breaking rules uh, right and left. So he has built a strong program that has also followed the rules and, and become excellent. Not to be blasphemous, but this is a holy trinity that we're talking about. Donna Shalala, Pat Richter, Barry Alvarez. Uh, she deserves a statue D- outside. D- Donna. The stadium, Don- doesn't she? That was the greatest recruiting effort by any person in Wisconsin history, regardless of what you're taught, regardless of sport. The fact that she got Pat Richter to be the athletic director because he brought credibility, he brought uh, the hometown name, he brought uh, an awareness of of what Wisconsin was all about, and then he went out and got Barry Alvarez. And the three of them are the reason that this program and this athletic department and this school are where it is at this moment. By the way, Chappie, to this day, Alvarez will tell you that the 2000 team he thought was his best team. Right. Uh, it, 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 it should have been a national championship team. He felt he had the best personnel and people in place. And I was, you know, he had Fletcher and Eccles and Doring, that Bermuda Triangle in the back end, and Wendell Bryant and Greason. And then on offense, you had uh, Michael, Michael Bennett. Bennett toting the rock along with Lee Evans and Chris Chambers, on and on and right. on, but it never came about. And I think when you look, to bring this whole conversation full circle, though, Barry always had a plan, and it was based on his experiences. Uh, at Nebraska as a player, uh, based on his experience as a high school coach, one of the stops being Mason City, based on his experience as an assistant coach to Hayden Fries, an assistant coach to Lou Holtz. And when he got here, he knew what it would take to be success, successful, specifically here at Wisconsin, what it would take. Because the, the game plan was a little bit different. And then he went out and executed that plan. He surrounded himself with good players and good coaches. Uh, and then he let them do their jobs, whether it be on the playing field or delegate, delegated authority to his assistants. So, Lukey, let me ask you this, because there's a couple things I remember from my – I certainly did not have as many conversations with Barry as you four did. Um, I remember him making fun of me for having an earring when I was covering a game at one point. And I remember him talking about Bob Devaney and the influence of what he did at Nebraska. It was a model. I mean, he, he is – that to Wisconsin, yes. right? Yes. That's exactly it's the It's driven him. It's driven him all along to, to do what his mentor did, all right? Because that was his mentor. And uh, he's, he's followed that plan. That was part of his planning. And nothing, so, and, and there are people in Nebraska who are very well aware of that, especially the way the Wisconsin and Nebraska rivalry has gone right now. 
that they know that Barry took that model, took that playbook, and adapted it here, and they are desperate to get that back somehow, some way, somewhere, and I'm not sure when it's going to happen or not, but Barry, that's one of Barry's biggest legacy pluses as well, is eclipsing his alma mater in, that, in football. I look at him as an athletic director. He might be he might be the most well-known athletic director in the country. I mean, Wisconsin used to be a speck on the map of the college sports map uh, 30 years ago, and now... You know, when there's a college football playoff committee formed, Barry Alvarez is one of the lead people on it. And and whenever and and you see his name pops up, he's he's a he's almost a national spokesman for college football in some respect. And you know, th- there there couldn't have been forty people who knew Don Morton's name nationally back you know back then. So he it's just it's taken Wisconsin to a whole different different atmosphere. So my uh, shot at Lukey for don't flinch notwithstanding, this for me is like the sports reporters used to be on ESPN every Sunday morning. This is a Wisconsin. Or sidelines on Channel 3. That was a a show of some renown as well. Um, But let 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 me do what they used to do on the sports reporters, which would be your parting shot. Right, they used to finish. Each of them had an opportunity to give their final thought. Uh, I'd like to go in 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 age order. So I assume OC, you've got to be first, right? If you're the oldest, you're older. Goodness, than... what? I was doing you a favor. I was putting you younger than OC. Now you're mad at me for that. Oh man. Well, Lukey, I guess you're first. <laughs> Doesn't age win out something? It does. You get to go I, first. I, I guess get to go first. So what? So you so you're like. If, if if you have a final thought on whether it's his legacy or what the future holds for the athletic department now because of what he's built, when when I ask you, you know, one encapsulating thought of your time covering and knowing Barry Alvarez, what is it? Well, I never thought that I would get to the point in my career where I would hear people say that they were bored by going to the Rose Bowl, which they were saying after Bielema took him to three straight Rose Bowls. And they got to the point where they was old hat. I never, ever thought that would happen. Where Badger fans would say, oh, they're going to the Rose Bowl again? You could hear that. That was amazing, right? That tells you a lot about how much things changed around here. Spring chicken Tom Oates. <laughs> Compared to Luke, yes. Um, oh, I, I, just, cheap shot. I just think <laughs> that when you look at where Wisconsin was and, you know, Barry's stepped on some toes along the way. He's made people mad. He's gotten in people's faces, mine included. But that confidence, that supreme confidence that Barry Alvarez has and carries himself with and firmly believes um, is was so needed in this athletic department. And uh, this is now a very confident athletic department. The coaches are confident, all sports. Uh, they expect to win. Uh, people expect them to win locally and nationally, and uh, it's a very confident athletic department, and that came, in my mind, straight from Barry Alvarez. I don't want to offend anybody else, but Chappie, I'm going to guess you're next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that may or may not be a good guess. Anyway, I, I, think, I think my parting shot is, is just the broad-based excellence of this program, and it's seen in all of the programs – uh, almost all of the programs, uh, they've developed this consistent pattern of success, 
and the, uh, I go back to what what Tom was saying. It's it's just we've all become jaded. We've all come to expect this. And I think if other universities are smart, they'll use what happened here as a roadmap for what can happen elsewhere. Bags, your first impressions, second thoughts, or the third degree? Chappy set it up perfectly. Uh, Jim Delaney, the former commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, called this turnaround the greatest turnaround he's ever seen in college athletics. And that, to me, is, is all you have to say, because it's true. He, he was here at the start. He started at the same time Barry took over at Wisconsin. And the, the steady growth of this program, the steady growth of success, the steady expectation that excellence was what we're looking for, we're not going to settle for second best, if, 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 even if it's there, even if it's the easy thing to do. And we're going to have a culture that is built on doing the right thing, being tough, being uh, on time, being being someone that can be counted upon regardless of what your circumstances are and letting the chips fall where they may, and it's a good way to go. So someday I'm going to get this group together and maybe even LePay can work us into his schedule between calling Brewers games and Badgers games and everything else that he does, but... I can't thank you guys enough for making your schedules work, even OC with your retirement schedule. It's not that rough for you. But I'm serious. I could not have picked four guys to give bit greater insight into both the history and the future of Wisconsin athletics in large part because of Barry Alvarez. We have Wisconsin on demand. Can we get, like, a podcast together? Maybe you could replace me as moderator if I've offended you too much. But this was really fun. We could find someone better. It, it can't be that hard. I'm sure you could get Tausch, but of course no, then you guys no, wouldn't get a word in edgewise. Th- there are other problems involved with that hire. This has been, as part of Barry Alvarez Week on ESPN Wisconsin, the coverage of Barry. Miss any great Barry Week content? You don't need a search committee to find it. I won't use a search committee. Most search committees use me. Full show podcasts are available free. Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Wisconsin On Demand, and